from the Smooth 88.1 studios on the campus of Hampton University, it's time for Black Wall Street Today. Black Wall Street Today. The premier media hub for black businesses, related politics, news, growth strategies, and events. Black Wall Street Today explores entrepreneurship opportunities for economic development while highlighting business owners, trendsetters, and community leaders. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 146th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Very excited to share with you all a huge thank you before we get underway to our sponsors at Milestone Mental Health Agency, the COO team, as well as Apex Financial Group of Virginia. Let's get to our first guest. Joining me now is Vicki J. She's the co-founder of the Sister Friend Virtual Conference, where the mission is to empower inspire and educate women. Vicki J has been featured on the I'm Loving Me Project, interviewed on the DMV Daily, and has two features in UpJourney. She also enjoys creating content for her podcast, Talking with Vicki J. Welcome to the show, Vicki. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited to have you, and I'm excited about the virtual conference. Talk a little bit more about what you're doing. We hear a lot about women's empowerment, obviously. Um, what is your kind of particular vantage point? What are you doing for women via this conference platform? So this was created by actually myself and my best friend, Christina Morton. Um, we have been wanting to do this for a while, but then it was always a money factor, like, oh, the venue, tickets, things of that nature. So when COVID hit, I was like, and I call Christina best friend. I don't call her Christina. So I said, best friend, everybody's doing this virtual thing. Like, I think this is the year to do it, like to do our conference. Um, so that's what we did. We, uh, we set up the conference the first year um, and it was entitled, you know, I am her. And so we had different women from all across the spectrum. You know, I'm a mother, you know, I'm the single woman, I'm the woman of God who came on. Um, we had a really good turnout. It was, it was, it was wonderful. And then this year, um, the, the thing was, I am, God says, I am healthy, whole, I am healthy, I am whole, I am wealthy. Um, and so we had another good turnout. So we just allow women to come on and, and speak um, and educate um, other women. And so we, we enjoy doing it. So we're in year two. Congrats to you. I know a little bit about that virtual conference life. We uh, pivoted our annual conference last year into virtual, and then this year it will be um, a hybrid format. So yeah, kudos to you for kind of taking advantage of, of the situation and the opportunity that presented itself. So I have a note to ask you about life coaching. Mm -hmm. um, what's the relationship between life coaching and the virtual conference, Sister Friend Virtual Conference? So <laughs> me and actually my best friend actually got our certifications as life coaches last year during the pandemic. Like the pandemic was kind of like the catalyst to go ahead and get all these dreams that we've been wanting to do done because everything is yeah. done virtually. Everything was, you know, was shut down. So I do have a business called Life Happens Personal Coaching and Organizing. Personal Coaching and Organizing. What are we yes, organizing? <laughs> are women to organize their lives or is this more of a... Um, <laughs> We're doing some in-person kind of physical organizing or what, what are we talking about? Yes. Great question. So it's a little bit of both. So as I said, I started my business last year during COVID. Um, so 
the idea was to be able to go into people's homes before, but then when COVID hit, I wasn't, you know, willing to do that. And then I got pregnant. So I definitely wasn't going into people's homes. Okay. So, you know, my motto is I help people organize their time and their space. So I would like to get into the virtual arena of helping people organize, Mm -hmm. um, you know, actually their space in their home. But right now I've been doing a lot of from the life coaching aspect, helping people organize their time. And of course, we're doing that virtually doing it through Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On your website, lifehappenswithvickyj.com, are your goals smart? And I think that's such a key coaching um, element because a lot of times I think we confuse, um, what do I normally say? We confuse goals with maybe just ideas, right? We, we think we're going to do a thing and then we don't realize what it takes to translate that into a goal. So how are you helping people in that regard? Well, really just kind of using that model. So a little bit of my background is I'm actually a physical therapist by profession, but I say I'm a life coach by passion. And so that's one thing that we learned in school is SMART goals. We we do goals for our patients. Um, And so I take that it's an acronym S-M-A-R-T and each letter is associated with a specific task. And then I further take that with my clients. I have what we call it, I call it the three I um, method. So you're basically going to identify what your goal is or whatever your problem is. And then we're going to eliminate any hurdles. Okay. Because obviously, especially if you come into a life coach, you've had this goal, but you haven't been able to meet it. And then from those hurdles, we're going to get your strategy. So then we're going to implement your strategy. So I use the smart goals with my three I method to help people meet their goals. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, and you know, I'm thinking about too the again this idea where the pandemic kind of ca- catalyzed a number of things for you, um, mm-hmm. and then I'm also thinking about how it kind of pressurized things for women, right? So now all of a sudden, our our home is conflated with our work, and it's just all the things, right? <laughs> and then you, know, you add to that. What is social media pressure? I know I saw a ton of memes out there. Like if you didn't write a book or start a business or X, Y, or Z during the pandemic, then, you know, you missed the entire boat, you know, without really accounting for the fact that the pandemic had a very real emotional, mental implications, right? For a lot of us, there were physical implications. Our families were impacted. Mm -hmm. What is the balance there as you see it? (laughs) So people want to go look at me funny when I say this, but, you know, I have a love hate relationship with social media. It definitely does have its place, but I'm going to say personally, for me, the balance is, (laughs) you know, sometimes I take social media, you know, fasting is what I do sometimes. Um, I think it's a good source to get like, you know, inspiration, but you have to know yourself and what, and what is too much. Um, Balance looks different. For everybody. And what I'm learning in this season, because I just became a new mom, um, I'm still working physical therapy, but only on the weekend. So I've actually at kind of like this tail end of the, the pandemic when everything is kind of reopening back up, I've switched. So now I am home full time and trying to work from home, but still doing the PT in the hospital. Um, balance looks different for everybody. It's not this 
what I think we've been taught is like, you know, if you have the scale, everything looks like this. You know, sometimes the scale looks like this and you can still be balanced. It's knowing which cup to fill and which cup needs your attention at that moment and letting the other cups stay where they are. doesn't mean that you're lacking. It just means that in this area, it deserves more attention now. And then you can come back later. And so I think that's how you, you learn to balance. Yeah, I like that analogy about the the cups and the and the scale um, because wow, <laughs> you know sometimes it means I saw this posted on social media that um, you know sometimes self care is cooking a meal from scratch, sometimes it's ordering out. <laughs> it's just a matter of kind of where you are, you know, giving yourself mm-hmm. the grace to do what the moment requires rather yes. than coming to this. You know, um, one thing that I've noticed is that I really can't have my entire home clean at one time. Right. By the time I get the upstairs where I want that to be, then the downstairs is a complete wreck and vice right. versa. <laughs> yes. And I had to be OK with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. So, yeah. Anything else that you would share on the topic of balance, I think is very helpful um, for for listeners who feel like, you know, they, they're forced into. Um, thinking that they're not okay if they're not doing it all. Yeah. Like I said, balance, my, my number one tip would be like balance is going to look different. Like for me, it's going to look different than what it looks like for you. Right. And then being okay with that. I like how you talked about self-care and, you know, you see that all over social media. If you go to my Instagram, you see I'm talking about self-care, but it looks different for different people, you know, and just really finding out what that means. And that doesn't mean that, you know, Sometimes it's as simple as just burning a candle. Like I love diffusers. And when my home, you know, is smelling like that peppermint, I'm just in the mood, you know, and that's what self-care looks like. And that can just kind of help you with balancing because it's all about emotions too. That, that plays a big part in it, being able to, you know, manage your emotions as you're going through your day and trying to get all these tasks done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you just joined us, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today. I am having a conversation with Vicki J, who is a versatile small business owner and physical therapist. And we're talking about life itself. We're talking about balance. We're talking about her work um, in the personal coaching arena. Um, Thank you for the insights that you shared. Vicki, I want to ask you about getting organized. Um, in terms of space, right? So we talked a little bit about the time piece. Um, what are some kind of practical um, ways that you're helping people to organize their space? What are some of the, the rules of thumb when you're thinking about um, home or office organization? So, you know, everything is is based off that person, right? And if you go back to the social media, you see all these beautiful pictures. People have these beautiful homes. They got all this, you know, all these beautiful organizing containers. Me, I'm a little bit opposite. Organizing for me is a mindset. Um, It it plays into that whole being balanced and stress-free. So when I'm organizing or helping someone organize something, let's let's take the closet, for instance, you know, I don't have this custom closet, you know, because that's money. I, I believe in organizing like on a budget, use what you have or if you have to get something, let's be cost effective with it. So something as simple as using hangers that are all the same color that face the same way, mm-hmm. it's going to 
cut down on your time because, you know, then how I would do it is I, you know, I order by color, right? So that way, where's that black dress that I want? Oh, this is my black, you know, my black dress section. Let me just pull that. That's 10 minutes of your time right there because we know as ladies, it's always like, honey, I can't find this dress. Like, I have nothing to wear. Yeah. That would be my number one tip. I love using things like, you know, for the closet or just small spaces, baskets. I, you know, I've talked about uh, baskets and bins are your best friends. It's an easy way (laughs) to just throw something in there. And, And my thing is this, your organization doesn't have to look like my organization. But the thing is, is that to master organizing in your own space, you need to know where it is and be able to find it readily. And to me, that's what organization is. It's not necessarily this this ambiance. Oh, it looks a certain kind of way. I need this pen, (laughs) you know, so I can write this checkout. Where are my pens? This is where the pins are supposed to be. Grab the pen and go. (laughs) So, yeah, again, that that practical component, because you're right. Mm -hmm. What we see is glam. Everything is just perfect. And we Mm -hmm. may struggle with that. I mean, I, for one, Mm -hmm. I struggle with that, you know. Yeah. I want it yeah. to look the way that it looks or that it seems to look for everybody else. And it's like really the most practical thing is what is most functional for you. Um, I know you mm-hmm. said that you're a new mom. I'm a mom of three and I've got a one and a three-year-old in that mix. And so organization for them, you know, is a matter of them finding my stuff and then moving it to where they think it should be. Right, right. <laughs> And then I have to kind of come back and, you know, and then reorganize. Right. Um, so, again, it, it seems like, again, a matter of, of grace. Right. Just. Yes. Wusa with all of it. So. So when is the next uh, Sister Friend Conference? So we actually just had the one for this year. It was in April. Oh. We tried to get it done. Yeah, we tried. We had to get yeah. it done before the baby came. And then she ended up coming early. So thank God we did do it early. Wow. Um, so we haven't planned for next year yet, but stay tuned because we will. We will. We normally okay. do it towards like, uh, let me see, the year before we did it in the summer. This year we did it in April. So around that time, between April and probably July of next year. Okay. All right. And so where is the best place to get information if we're interested in participating in the conference in the future? So you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, Right now, we don't really have kind of set up the full hub where we can go in for the Sister Friends Conference. But in my link tree, you can find information. So it's talking and that's not with a G. So that's T-A-L-K-I-N with Vicky J. And you know, that's in Instagram and Facebook. Talking with Vicky J, T-A-L-K-I-N with Vicky J. That's V-I-K-K-I-E-J. And then I would urge you to visit the website as well. Life happens with Vicky J.com. Life happens with V-I-K-K-I-E-J.com. Providing those coaching services, organizing services, um, virtually so really really exciting awesome what else would you like to share vicky well that's it i just want to say thank you for you know allowing me to come on to your space no i'm excited i mean i at least want to hear you know kind of what's next as you're growing through um, your entrepreneurship journey is there is there more to come are we are you writing a book where are we going (laughs) 
<laughs> I had a feeling you go ask that because so yes, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say it. I've actually written a devotional. I'm embarrassed to say it because I wrote it in 2018, and then life happened. Yeah, a lot of life happened, and so it, it's ready to go. I just haven't taken that leap. So that is my goal by the end of the year to get that devotional out. You know, I hope to be able to have it on platforms like the Bible app. So that's really the next thing for me. And then also just kind of enhancing um, what I offer as a life coach to, you know, enhance the experience of my clientele. Because, you know, it's, it's all about the experience. You know, I love encouraging people and helping them to live their best life. Um, so as I grow as an entrepreneur, I, you know, I want to be able to grow the services that I offer and, you know, provide an excellent service. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Vicki. Who needs a life coach? <laughs> Everybody, because I I might need a life coach and not know it, so I'm asking you. Like, that, yes, so, so yes, I, 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 might know if I need a life coach. So I would say you need a life coach if you're in a situation that you're looking at your life and you're saying, "Hey, I have these goals that I haven't." met, you know, I have X, Y, Z reasons why, or maybe I don't know why I don't know where to start. Um, that's where the life coach come. We look at where you are now and help you get to where you want to go. We're not there to tell you what to do. We're there to help you along that journey. We really are like accountability um, partners for you. And a lot of people don't know there's different niches within life coaching. So like I do personal life coaching, I kind of focus on the time management aspect. And of course, the organizing other people do relationships. Um, we're talking about if you're in a relationship or divorce, like my best friend, Christina, she, she deals with that aspect. Um, just all kinds of different, you know, niches, business um, coaches. This life coach got her a business coach, you know. Got it. Got it. So it's kind of every area of your life. You can find a life coach. They, you know, they have health, um, wealth, life coaches, just so many. There's like 99 different niches, literally. So I know that, or I might need a life coach if I'm uh, maybe struggling to accomplish my goals mm -hmm. and needing maybe some encouragement, support, or accountability in a particular area to yes. get a thing done. So maybe yes. like stagnation could be a measure of that's a good word. A life coach. Yeah. I'm just mm -hmm. thinking it through because I'm like, man, do I need a life coach? We <laughs> 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 all ask ourselves, do I need yeah. a life coach? I think you should buy mm -hmm. that domain name. Do I need a life coach? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And sometimes too. You don't really know how the life coach can help you. I mean, we get clientele like that too. It's like, I, I feel like I need a life coach. I need somebody to kind of help me meet these goals. I don't really know where to start, you know? Um, so reach out. I would say do your due diligence and yeah. do your research because, you know, they life coaches say, you know, our clients find us, we don't find them. Um, and sometimes you're not going to get the perfect match. So sometimes it might take one or two coaches before you get that perfect fit for you because personality is a lot. That goes into that. Okay. In the two minutes we have remaining, I definitely want to know. So in the life coaching space, is there a, um, an initial assessment that we're kind of conducting with clients to really determine what that's going to look like? Is it just a conversation? Like, what should I expect? from the experience. So, we talked about the three eyes and the, the mm -hmm. smart goal methodology, but what's that first part of the process like? 
So I will say it's different for every coach. Every coach has their own kind of strategies that they use. Um, For me, the first thing is discovery call. And that's when we're just basically trying to figure out why did you reach out to the life? You know, why did you reach out to me? What is that one goal that you're trying to achieve? Um, And then we just kind of go from there. And then I do take you through semi what you would experience using that three I method, but we don't go completely into it because it's not a coaching session. Um, It's a discovery call to see, is it a good fit? And if you're, if it's not a good fit, if I'm not a good fit for you, I can always, you know, recommend you out to another coach because I am in a community of different coaches who offer different services. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Vicki, this has been fantastic. If you would just reiterate your social media and website um, information for us as well. Yes. So website is lifehappenswithvickyj.com and Facebook and Instagram is talking. That's T-A-L-K-I-N with Vicky J. Awesome. Awesome. Vicky. again, my pleasure to chat with you today and certainly look forward to having you back on the platform in the future as things progress. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Welcome back to the 146th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Claire Durham. Joining me now is Jonna Coleman-Yates. She's the CEO and president of the Coleman-Yates Group and has 25 years of experience in leadership, learning, and workforce development in multiple industry sectors. The Coleman-Yates Group is a training and consulting firm specializing in the design of customized organizational development training and initiatives for K-12 and adult and higher education, corporate, nonprofit, and government sectors. Welcome to the show, Jonna. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Blair, for having me. I'm excited to have you. You do such incredible, needed work. Thank you for just who you are in this space. So let's, let's dig in. You know, okay. first of all, how'd you kind of get here? Nobody wakes up and says, you know what, when I come, I just want to do all the things. <laughs> <laughs> or, or is that your story? Like, how did you get to the Jonna Coleman Yates that we all know and love? Well, um, my family uh, is full of educators and teachers. And one thing I did not want to do was teach. Um, because, you know, my parents and aunts and everything, they were K-12 and I was like, I can't put up with kids, but, mm-hmm. but I grew up doing community service. That is, um, was a value in my family and, um, my household uh, that I grew up in. And so service was key. And so I have a servant's heart and have always done that. And so I didn't know how um, all of that would marry with my journey. When I initially started out, I wanted to be a businesswoman, I guess. Um, and so I, when I went to JMU, I majored in public administration. I felt like it would give me the best of both worlds. I could create policy and do the business of government and really affect a change that way. But the, the servant part of me it was always there. So I, I tried a couple different avenues. I'm a proponent of the pivot um, when you're in your career journey. You got to make the pivot. So I worked my way through, kind of touched just about every industry I've worked in and um, found my 
my raison d'etre, if you will, um, when I went into higher education because it brought together um, the servant part, the building access for people um, in education and helping them to be successful. It also allowed me to work with the business community to kind of get that whole thing of how workforce development really works, you know, preparing people to go into the workforce is what we do, no matter what institution you're, you know, you're going to, um, whether it's two year, four year, whether it's high school and getting a certification, we're all working to get into the workforce. And so that um, experience really helped me get to where I'm, you know, going with the Coleman Yates group, really kind of that full circle type of work that helps organizations get the right people, train people, optimize talent, give to the community. So kind of that regenerative reinvestment process is really what what I'm trying to do when when I'm working with organizations. Yeah. Wow. Well, kudos to you. (laughs) I know that 2020 brought about some changes with the focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let's dig in. What has your work been in the D, E, and I space? It has really been, you know, organizations reach out for training when they're pain points that come to the surface. And so with 2020, it was um, a wake-up call to a lot of organizations that had, you know, put DEI on the back burner um, or felt that small efforts were enough. And so my work with a lot of different organizations has really been to focus on DEI in the context of change because the uh, pandemic, the social justice issues, the insecurities, food, housing, economic insecurities that came to the surface really had a tremendous impact on just about every organization. And so um, really getting them to see that DEI is not just a training. It's not just um, a donation. It's the need is sustainability and really needs to be institutionalized within the organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I could just interject briefly, um, Mm -hmm. I heard one DE&I professional say it this way. We were, it was a DE&I event. And she said, you know, we really have to get out of the habit of hosting these kinds of events. We have to raise this conversation up to the level of all of the other conversations that we're having. And that's the only way in which this will really be sustained. You know, this is not Agreed. a conversation. Agreed. Like, yes. It's, and it's <laughs> every topic in organizational development. It's team building and team engagement has that um, integrated. It's leadership. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things when organizations come to me You know, it's usually when they've had to do the DEI walk of shame, Mm -hmm. when something has um, been publicized or they have 
um, made a misstep. And so, you know, the whole point is to get people to create a sustainability plan. Yeah. Um, I've worked with a couple of public relations firms and, you know, what they wanted most of all is you do the gesture, you know, the kind gesture, um, you know, but then you have to create something that will be in place long term that you're willing to tweet and change because diversity, equity and inclusion is so inclusive. You know, it is not just race, um, it's ethnicity, it's religion, it's age, it's um, abilities and disabilities, it's the LGBTQIA plus community. It is things that we've never even thought of. It's even work, um, even in the context of work, it's abilities and skills and work ethic, it's everything that can get companies into a tremendous amount of trouble if they don't acknowledge and have a plan for. And let me just say this, the um, pandemic really shed the light on why training is so important. So many companies did not have training in place. And so even when they went, we went to virtual contact and communication, they saw immediately the skills gap and deficit with people not being able to utilize technology, you know, to even participate. So when you don't have training in place, um, DEI, technology, otherwise, it's a liability issue. You know, it's just you, you can't communicate what your protocols are to come back to work, to engage. So we're in a really tough space, challenging space, but I believe with challenge comes opportunity. And so people are engaged in the conversation so that we can get it right um, in terms of, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, definitely. Yeah, something yeah. you just said just kind of prompted me that I have a speaking engagement for you. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, let me make a note of that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, because you 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 don't want to do the walk of shame. You know, we saw during this moment and it was great. You know, a lot of companies stepped to the forefront and have more diversity in race and ethnicity in commercials and um types of front facing activities. But really we're trying to get to the place and you know what I tell companies is it's not just DEI it is belonging and then it's allyship. You know, we have to, you know, speak those words. We have to have the actions. And um, another big piece of this is any training, but especially DEI needs to be tied to performance. Um, a lot of times companies don't want to invest in training or consulting because they haven't seen a return. And that's because it's not tied to performance. It's no review and process as to how effective the training has worked in changing behavior, changing culture. But you have to have that in place, you know. So the DEI one is not going to go away. It's calmed down a little bit. <laughs> these yeah. issues are going to, they're going to keep cropping up, especially um, companies that just bring a speaker in to talk about it. You know, there's so many layers of DEI. There's well, ask you about one of them. Um, mm -hmm. Just tuned in. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today talking with Jonna Coleman Gates, who is the CEO and president 
as well as the Chief Learning Officer with the Coleman Yates Group LLC. I want to invite you to visit her website, ColemanYatesGroup.com, ColemanYatesGroup.com. We're engaging in a conversation. Uh, of course, when I saw it there, I was like, oh, we got to talk about DE&I as it relates to training work. So around, I want to talk about two things that I see here um, that you kind of focus on. One is microaggression. Um, development and understanding. And then the second is truth, racial healing, and transformation. I want to know how those conversations are going, right? How are they being embraced by the, by the folks that you're bringing them to? And then you talked about performance, right? So what are the outcomes that, you know, are being brought to bear by virtue of you doing this work? Okay, so the... I know... <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's a big question. But the first thing that typically I do is we have to create a space to have real conversations about um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, uh, and we'll, we'll use race first. Um, because as I mentioned, it's DEI is all inclusive. It's anything that um, could be a difference between people you know, really a difference in perspective. So um, what I typically do is create the space and I, I utilize something called, called values clarification because we all have values on certain things that um, are our own personal perspective, but they may not be um, relatable in the real world and they may be offensive, you know, and so by creating the space, we talk about, first I talk about um, that we all are entitled to have our opinions and um, viewpoints, but what makes us better is understanding each other and not telling another group or person's narrative based on your formed opinions. Man. And so it's a really a breaking down of, um, you know, what our opinions are in relationship to reality and and allowing us to empathize. We have to get to a point where we empathize with each other. So it's a real process. And for some organizations, it's a lot more difficult, you know, than others. Um, but once we get to a place where there's a space where we can talk openly, we can have questions answered. You know, we can answer questions um, and we can have a dialogue. Then we can begin to drill down into our micro biases and our microaggressions. But the space has to be created first. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, because people are unwilling. No, you're yeah. right. If we don't create the space, then we're definitely not going to have a conversation. Yeah, the space is first, you know, that we have rules. This is what we're going to talk about. Our experiences, we're not going to project on each other. But we're going to understand. And um, usually I start with a story. You know, we tell stories. We learn by storytelling. Mm -hmm. And we relate also by that, too. So, yeah. What, give us a working definition for microaggression. So when I think microaggression, I think macroaggression, right? We know what the macroaggression is. It's redlining. It's I show up to right. the bank, I can't get a loan. It, you know. That's macro. But what is a microaggression? A microaggression. A microaggression is. I'll give the example of 
um, when you're on the elevator. Okay. And this is, oh, wow. A, a, you're on an elevator and you see a person of a different race. Um, and you, uh, clutch your pocketbook because you're fearful, um, of this person attacking you or taking your purse. Another example is you have a lot of relationships with people of different ethnic groups. Okay. And you're in a leadership position and you have the position, you have the opportunity to hire people. And so there's a person of a, of a, of a certain race um, and a person of another race and you um, hire a person that you have a bias against. And I'm trying not to use a race in particular, but you decide to hire the other person. You know, even though you know this particular individual is more qualified, you go ahead and you hire another person. I'll give you another example. You got one minute. Okay. One more example is there was a study done in, um, you know, tutors and engineering at at a particular institution. And the engineering tutors tended, you know, to be male, to white male. They said that whenever they saw a minority woman or woman, that they helped them less, you know, it was just their, you know, their thought process, their bias or or their aggression towards them, that they helped them less because they didn't feel like they had the competency or skill level to be an engineer. Wow. So a lot of times these things can become self-fulfilling prophecies. They're they're a part of our thinking. They're like what kind of, you know, it's not, it's not outright, but it's internal to us. You know, it's our values, our judgment, our belief, our understanding. Sign up to come back because we really will the surface of the conversation because I got distracted by the DE and I shiny thing. But this (laughs) has been great. (laughs) Jonna Coleman Yates, again, her website, ColemanYatesGroup.com. If your organization could benefit from her training, her workforce development services, content creation, I'm vouching. She is legit. ColemanYates.com. Can you give us your social media? And then we have to, we've got to wrap. Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'm, and it's under my name, Jonna Coleman Yates. And then Twitter, um, all of that is One Business Diva um, is my, my Instagram, my IG. And um, visit me, hit me up. It'd be great. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Jonna. Thanks a lot. A huge thank you to Vicki J, the founder and owner of Life Happens Personal Coaching and Organizing LLC, and Jonna Coleman Yates, the CEO, President, and Chief Learning Officer of the Coleman Yates Group LLC. Again, uh, a very special thank you to our sponsors, Milestone Mental Health Agency, Apex Financial Group of Virginia, and the COO team. Thank you so much for tuning in to Black Wall Street today where we're building minds, building connections, and forging the path ahead toward business success in the Black community. Join us next week, where we'll talk with Omar Harris of Intent Consulting. We'll talk soon. 
Thank you for tuning in to Black Wall Street Today. Continue the conversation via our Facebook page at Black Wall Street Today and request the feature by visiting our website at www.blackwallstreet.today. Be sure to join us next Wednesday at noon as we explore the world of business and opportunity right here on Smooth 88.1 WHOV.